This American Monster. A Monster of the Week actual play from This American Dice. Last time on This American Monster. Attending the gala opening of a new exhibit at the Palm Coast Natural History Museum, the Law Corporation team discovers something is amiss. While something dark compels Ashton to bring others here, Welker is caught in a compromising position with young Reagan, who seems nearly a woman possessed. Weeks earlier, where Sundry is in the bloodmobile and he's turned around and he sees Mr. Heck, like after the nurse kind of uh, puts a little cotton ball and the band-aid on your arm, you see him, you like look back to the chair where he was, where he was sitting and he's clearly not sitting there any longer. And instead, you, when you look like outside the window of the bloodmobile or wherever you're donating this blood, you can see that he's outside and motions for you to join him. And... Oh currently hooked up to the blood stuff uh no it's i think the the nurse the what are, what are they called phlebotomists the the nurse just uh finished wrapping up your arm with a little taxidermist i think yeah they're a taxidermist she stuffed you and put you on a wall um but in like a funny way where you have like a cowboy hat on and and you're under you is the gun that shot you and it says this is a song bitch got me <laughs> um but yeah so uh, no, the nurse is putting like a Band-Aid on you, that kind of thing. And I think you see Mr. Heck outside, uh, black Stetson hat, all black. Very, um, Joaquin Phoenix as Johnny Cash in Walk the Line, kind of a look. Uh, but with very, very piercing eyes. And uh, he kind of motions for you to join him. And so what would be an interesting place for Sundry and Mr. Heck to have this um, kind of like intense revelation filled conversation. Mm. I have a few ideas of places that might be interesting, but I think um, a sizzler. A sizzler. Yeah. Okay. So like kind of a gross uh, chain restaurant kind of a place. Yeah. But a buffet specifically. Shoney's. Sizzler, Shoney's. Any other option? Um, Alex, anything you want to throw in? I like Sizzler. Okay, yeah. So since everybody went with that, I was thinking like a strip club or something like that. Um, that could be awkward to be having a this. family TV show. What are you it's doing? It's a family TV show. It's a family strip club. It's a, yeah, that's true. It's a family strip. Everybody in the strip club is directly related to everyone else that works there. And it all the be, customers. It could be like a sleazy sizzler, like a, a yes. cross between like Hooters and Sizzler. Yes. That. Awesome. Oh, it's, okay. It's called Sizzling Buffet. Sizzlers. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's called like, oh, yeah, it is just called Sizzlers. Cut. And it's got like, and it's got like a sexy hot devil, like, like, wink, like I'm sizzling, like that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the deal is it's like a Hooters type restaurant or a wing zone type place where you have waitresses that are kind of dressed in sexy outfits that come and serve you, but there's also a buffet function. 
So what I think that means partially is like ladies in sexy outfits are periodically coming and trading out the uh, the troughs of macaroni and cheese on the steam table, trying Sounds not good. to trying not to get terribly steam burned on their wrists yeah. and forearms. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of sexy ladies who have terrible burns on their forearms because of these fucking steam tables. So, yeah, do you guys just grab a seat? Maybe we we start in on them and they were already sitting down. Okay, yeah, so that, perfect. That start start late and early. Yeah, we already see that you guys are sitting there. And, Sundry uh, has like a a large plate of oysters in front of him. And uh, oh yeah. Yeah, you have a large plate of oysters yeah. in front of you at at Sizzlers. Can't get enough of these. He says, "They're uh, right here in the Gulf." Well, at this place, even without me, looks like your life might not be too too long, anyhow. Well, gotta enjoy this life while I still got it. He says, slurping down a, a giant oyster, mm-hmm. like a big testicle sized oyster nice <laughs> well, i like your idea of a giant oyster is an oyster the size of a testicle it all depends on whose testicles <laughs> it all depends you're slurping down these yeah. oysters yeah, you want some of this <laughs> <laughs> yeah and if you offer them to mr heck i think he'll just um he'll shake his head and um you see that a waitress brings him like a drink mm-hmm. and he takes a sip of that drink and puts it down. And he's kind of like leaning back in this booth. And I think he even like, oh, maybe even rudely has his feet on the table I while you're like eating. He owns a place. Yeah. And he'll say to you something to the nature of, hmm. you know, you got a point to say that your days are numbered and you should enjoy them while you can. But, you know, doesn't always have to be that way. What do you mean by that? He says a contract's a contract for sure, but now if both parties are interested in revising that, I think you're a smart enough man to know that that can happen. Like when a quarterback has a good season, and so they renegotiate, even though uh, his team's got him for uh, you know a couple, few more years. It incentivizes him to keep performing well. And he'll... Uh, He'll put his drink down. Exactly. Well, I could get behind that. You know, you and your uh, you and your buddies have been looking into some things that might just might just be of interest to myself and uh, and some others. I got to tell you though, our last deal didn't work out so well for me. Like, I got the the money and the fame, but uh, um, now I eat oysters at Sizz- Sizzlers and. Uh, that's as good as it gets for me. And he says, money, fame, you got the house, you got the car. Hell. I went to got, the big house. You, you know, got a gold that, that, record? That's the house that I had. Went to the big house, too. You're right. But look where you are now. Not inside. Got yourself a sweetheart deal to get out. And uh, this is where we have to address this. Uh, Sundry Charms was certainly charged with, or at least arrested for, the murder of his wife. Yeah, wrongfully convicted for. 
So, and he was convicted. Okay. So yep. that was my next question. Was he convicted? So yes. he was convicted. He wasn't just like being held. He was actually convicted for this. Um, we had brought up that like the lore corporation had had something to do with getting him out. Okay. So maybe despite being convicted, he, um, and we can explore this through dialogue if you prefer, but, um, Lore Corp hired a fancy lawyer for him and got him out on a technicality on appeal. That sounds, that sounds pretty good. Okay. So I think he'll, he'll say you were able to get yourself out of there on appeal. Right. Well, I'm innocent. Uh, you know, I got out on a technicality, but I, my opinion, I was put in on a technicality. I didn't kill my wife. It says innocent men behind bars is like, hmm, what's a good analogy for that? Oh, innocent, like a... men, innocent men behind bars is like flies on shit. More of them than you can ever, more of them you'd ever think were there. You know they're there, but more than you want to think about. Guilty fellers walking around too. Only reason that fellow there got himself into this position was so that he could uh, he could threaten to fire some of these some of these gals when they uh, when he knew they were in a rough spot, and uh, if they didn't want to lose that job, well, looks like they'd have to looks like they'd have to sleep with him. That lady over there. So he points to one of the women who's who's working, and he'll say. That lady right there, well, she, she's, that lady right there is, uh, working under a false name, used to run a daycare and, well, let's just say she wasn't as mindful as she ought to have been. And now she's got a job. Now she's got a job here till things cool down for her. There's lots of guilty folks wandering around free as a bird. I thought you were going to say that lady over there. She hasn't paid her taxes in two weeks. Yeah. And she has seven unreturned videos. Um, but yes, yeah, so he points these folks out and says, you know, like there's lots of lots of guilty people out here wandering free. And there's tons of folks on the inside that got stuck there. Barely any barely any accord of their own. But you're out here. Makes you wonder about the justice of the whole thing. He says not and he just said I think he'll say something like not my department. And he'll take a long drink and uh, and he'll say to you, but you got yourself a you got yourself a lawyer from the Lore Corporation. Now did you wonder why maybe that would go on? Why they take an interest in a country star, got himself in trouble? Oh, way Mr. Welker tells that I was uh, able to be a help to them and so uh they thought uh, it could be a mutually beneficial thingamajig. Seems like they've got an interest in you as much as you're, you've got an ability to help them. So, here's what I here's what I propose. You got your money, you got your fame, and hell, for now at least, you got yourself out of jail. Unfortunately, you got yourself a ticking clock there, son. But if you want to set that thing on run on its regular speed instead of the uh, expedited situation you got at the moment, maybe we can alter our contract. You can keep that fame, keep that wealth. 
Play your cards right, too. Hell, keep yourself out of jail. What do I have to do? He says, they were looking into you. All I need from you is to deliver to me what you would otherwise be delivering to them. Mr. Welker, uh, so he sees himself back at the hotel where he initially uh, met up with Anna Cross. And he, he like sees himself at like the threshold to her hotel room and she's pulling him into the room. And like at, once he closes the door behind him, he turns around and she starts like disrobing, taking off her clothes. And Welker looks away uh, to the left and he sees a painting on the wall of like this like comically large cat as he looks at the cat, the cat opens his mouth and it says in Matlock's voice, Oh, don't mind me, just just passing through. And like Welker like turns back and he looks at the other side of the room and there's an, there's a statue over there of another like large, like misshapen cat. And then again in Matlock's voice it says, Yeah, Sonny, it's like I was never here. And when he looks back to the center of the room, the bed has changed now into a sarcophagus from the museum. And Anna's clothes that were on the floor that she left there are now bloodied and torn. As he looks at the sarcophagus, it opens, and out of it, Reagan walks out. And she's nude, and she walks over the bloody clothes. And as she approaches him, she opens her mouth. But no sound comes out. Just when she opens her mouth, uh, Welker feels this like rumbling as she gets closer and closer to him. And then just as she's like, like a foot away from him, he wakes up. And the rumbling is his phone vibrating on his pillow at the hotel. As his wife calling him. Nice. And we, we see him kind of like waking up in like a cold uh, sweat for for a moment. And we see him like look around this hotel. Is it indeed that same hotel that he uh, he slept with on a cross in? No, it's a different hotel. Uh, it's like the closest one to his house. And it's like a shitty place. Okay. So, yeah. So, it's like a <laughs> Motel 4. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you're at the Motel 4. And it's just a place with like a, a window unit AC that's blowing because it's the middle of summer in Florida. And um, it's got those annoying um, like little streamers that people will put on air, air vents. Yeah. That like, you know, it's on. Proof this uh, works. Yeah, exactly. This is this is working. Look. Yeah. Um, and everything is very, very ugly in here. There's like a mustard yellow colored uh, comforter. The walls are maybe a like oh. weird white wallpaper. Yeah. And they have shitty motel art. And the only like recognizable non-abstract piece is like a little orange cat, like just across the bed on the opposite wall. Yeah, on the opposite wall. There's a yeah. It really looks like not quite like a child drew it in an endearing way, but like an artist who was just not great made this uh, painting of a cat and it's almost a little too like cutesy for this place of like, what is, what's the deal with that? But yeah, uh, Chase Welker can look down at his phone, which is vibrating on the, on the uh, nightstand and he can see, of course, who's calling him and we see whose name or number or whatever. His wife. Okay. So yeah. So it just says Julia. So Welker would pick it up. And I imagine the conversation sort of sort of being like her being like, 
you need to come back to the house so we can talk about this. And like Welker, like getting ready to go. After the gala, the next day or so, maybe even that night, Ashton had a very hard time going to sleep. He probably like stayed up and maybe paced around. He had a really hard time. Um, he found that, like I said, he was having a difficult time going to going to bed. Every time he would like lie in bed, one of the big things he could hear is he started to notice that his building undoubtedly has rats in it. And the reason he can tell that mm -hmm. his building undoubtedly has rats is he can hear them scurrying, running. Well, yeah, you can hear them and they're loud enough to the point where they are keeping you, you're like, these. this is the thing that's keeping me awake. I hear these rats and so you like, you hear it like, uh, hear them scurrying around, you hear them gnawing, you hear them squeaking, you hear them running around in the space between um, like your ceiling and the upstairs neighbor's floor. In the morning the next day, uh, you find that you get a phone call pretty early, like maybe 9 a.m. And um, it is the same assistant of Mirzad Pushanchi who had called to be like, oh, actually, Mr. Pushanchi can't meet with you. Um, and this is that same assistant calling you about scheduling a, um, like a phone conference. Uh, basically saying, hey, can we set up a phone conference with yourself and a Mr. Herbert Mock? You can tell she's clearly reading that off a of paper. Mm. Mm -hmm. well, yes. Yeah, sure. He, uh, I don't think he has any reason not to set it up, right? Sure. I didn't know if you had like a... It's a like, way. sure. Okay. So I think that that would be scheduled for later in the day. So basically, like, she calls you almost at 9.30 in the morning. And I think Ashton was maybe, like, kind of starting to doze off after having stayed up all night trying to find out where these rats were that he could hear all over the place. And um, she says, oh, mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Pushanchi, especially since he wasn't able to speak to you earlier, wanted to schedule this as soon as possible. Would, like, 3 o'clock today work out? Um, yeah, and then I think you see him, like, roll his eyes. But he's like, no, of course. That sounds great. Yeah, and I think we could tell, like, looking at Ashton, that he looks very tired. And um, maybe the next scene is that he's setting a bunch of alarms or something like that. Like, make sure to wake up at 2 o'clock. Mm -hmm. So, uh, maybe at, like, 2-something, um, Herbert, you head over to Ashton's place maybe get there a little like near two 30, maybe a little after two 30. But I think the big thing is Ashton at this time, you've like gone to bed again. Okay. So, um, uh, set, set that scene up for us. So like when the camera hops over to Ashton's place, we see Herbert Darkblade 69 get out. He's of course wearing a what? Am I wearing? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm wearing, um, my, where my normal fedora? Um, not a fancy fedora, just my normal. Of course. One. Yeah, I don't think there's any ladies that are going to be there, right? Um, well, that hasn't been discussed, but I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think it had been pushed that there'll be any ladies present. Okay. All right. Yeah, normal fedora, um, a shirt that says, "I hear the voices. Um, they speak. They tell me um, that you're stupid." 
And I hear um, the voices. And then on the back it says, "They tell me you're stupid." Yeah. And um, he wears that's the shirt, and um, he's got on uh, Crocs. They're I, like the digital camo Crocs. Digital camo Crocs. Okay. Yeah. Herbert shows up. He arrives. He goes upstairs to Ashton's apartment. He's knocking on the door, ringing the bell, whatever it might be. But when we cut to inside to see Ashton's apartment and what's going on, when we hear either knocking at the door or ringing at the bell, um, what do we see? Um, so it's still like the studio apartment. So yeah. He's still- um, like maybe he had gone to sleep and he's like, God damn it. And he just like puts on um, probably like a button up shirt. Like maybe it was like the shirt he would wear, but it's just rumpled and and like throws on like general fast. Um, in that night, as you couldn't sleep, uh, what lets us know that like the entire night continued uh, poorly for you? Like what visual in the apartment is like, oh man, he's really been having a rough time. Oh, maybe. Um, uh, go on. Oh, go I'll, ahead. I'll, I'll start with something you had. Um, there's a frozen yeah, cake absolutely. that's partially eaten. Um, it's like an ice cream cake, but it's now melted. The other half of it's completely melted and it's pooling on his uh, on his uh, workshop table. Sure, maybe on the counter there's a uh, ice cream or something like that that's melted. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Oh, yeah, well, like it's that. like blue, like deep blue. DJ, what were you going to add? I was going to add something similar, but I like yours way better. Um, oh, thanks. Your, your food thing. Uh, oh, maybe it's in that. Didn't, you know, he had to use his luck thing to not get stabbed in that mm-hmm. like knife go into his floor. Maybe it's in like the little knife indentation that's still there. Oh, Easter okay. egg for people who listened to the last episode. Yeah. Then, uh, or, 16 episodes ago who knows but um i think the the thing that i'll add is uh oh when he gets his clothes on real fast um they were just like laying right next to him like he didn't even put them into like the hamper that's like you know six steps away he was just so tired just like no i don't whatever yeah. just laying him on the foot of the bed or something yeah and the front of his shirt now says that you're stupid <laughs> That you guys have matching shirts. <laughs> no, no, no. Earlier he was wearing a shirt, and the so he the front of it now says that you're stupid, and the and the back of his shirt now says, um, the voice is in my head. So he's he's put on his shirt backwards. Okay. So Wait, dark blade has. <laughs> Why is your shirt off, dark blade? <laughs> While you're sleeping, he takes it off when he sleeps. Well, Ashton, Ashton is not sleeping. Darkblade is the one at the at the house uh, waking Ashton up in the middle of the day. Oh well, my shirt is off just because. Um, let's stick with the. You have a shirt that says "The voices talk to me." They say you're stupid, and then the, the "They say you're stupid" is on the back. We call this a yeah. nested mystery. It's a mystery, yeah. the greater mystery. It was uh, hot out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Darkly <laughs> pulls his shirt up to his stomach to air out his stomach. Um, oh, as he walked, as he walked by Ashton's like apartment pool, he had to take it off. Like, oh, just in case. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I like the idea of uh, food like sitting out on the counter that's melting, and I like the idea of Ashton like looking over at it, and we see like a quick flashback of him walking around kind of at night, being like, okay, I'm going to go to a convenience store nearby and get something. 
and mm-hmm. uh, maybe he went to, or he like rummaged through his fridge. He like he came back and he was still kind of like feeling weird, and he rummaged through his fridge and he took out this ice cream and he started eating and he put it down. But we also see that there's like a piece of meat on the counter to kind of go with uh, the theme here. We see that there's a piece of meat on the counter and um, it's thawed. And instead of like leaving it in the fridge or putting it in the sink or putting it in any kind of bowl, it's maybe just on a plate or just on a cutting board on the counter. And so as it's thawed, like what looks like blood is dripping out of it onto the counter, maybe even onto the floor. Mm -hmm. And that's what you kind of pass by uh, as you're on your way to the door to open it up for a now um, mid-drift Darkblade 69 Herbert Mock <laughs> who's lifted his shirt up because of the heat. Or maybe he's, my, put, uh, com- maybe he's putting a shirt on as you see that through the peephole. He's putting a shirt back on. Yes, yeah, so he looks through that peephole at this belly button and then opens it up. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. oh, Darkblade, I told you to, to come at like two. It's um, it's probably like, what time is it? It's it's like almost three. It's like two forty. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm running late. Um, like, wait, it, what's it's, it's, what? it's after two. Ashton. Um. Oh. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry, alarm. I'm late. Darkplay didn't no, get it. Uh, like he thought that you were upset at him. <laughs> yeah. For, for, <laughs> so he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I should have been here at two. I'm really sorry about that. Yeah, and he's it's just like why oh, I just like, had oh, to... okay. Let me uh, set this up real fast. Okay, so I think that they're just doing it via like rather than um, like a Skype you got or... you use Comcast, you got Comcast um, internet, you use SpaceX. What, what kind of what's who's your provider? <laughs> uh, mm, I don't know. I think there's bills on the counter there. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I oh think. Oh my this- god. You you haven't changed your router's password. It's still WAP six seven four two FAP. Dude. <laughs> the, <laughs> the the dark government owns you. You gotta change this. Yeah. So you guys talk about this for a moment, and I think that it's just going through um uh Ashton now has like a phone that was given to him by the Lord Corporation. Um, I don't think it's quite the same thing that Mr. Welker has. I think it's just kind of a phone that they gave him as a work phone. And he might use it as just his personal phone that to just make things easier for himself. But uh, as you guys kind of chit chat uh, at three, eventually the phone rings. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's just like a cell phone. Yeah, it's they're just calling you, so it's just like a conversation. <laughs> so, do you think that this would be the way that they would do this? Is that your phone? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the Lorcora. Um, That's their theme music. Their theme music, yeah. It's "Call Me Al" by Paul Simon. <laughs> music a video featuring Chevy Chase. <laughs> Um, is that how they, is that the best way that they would do this stuff? Um, sure. Yeah. I was thinking like yeah. a, like an actual video call, but yeah, this sounds they fine too. They could do it via a video. Gotta share it. Like, hmm? Hey. Okay. Oh, so okay. It's, it's some kind of video call that's set up, uh, 
And I, I like the idea of them doing it through like Ashton's like company phone, that kind of thing. And so maybe we see you guys kind of like setting this thing up and talking at a, at a table um, and we can cut back to uh, at first that same secretary that you were talking to before. And she's like, uh, Miss, she's like, Mr. Green. Uh, mm, yep. This is he. All right. Excellent. Um, I just wanted to make sure you and Mr. Herbert mock are set for the call. Uh, we sure are. Excellent. He's excellent. Like, he's like looking around panic, like, Oh, dark blade. Find, find me a tie real fast. Uh, yep. We're almost, we're, we're very ready. Uh, he, he, I'll take off his belt. Okay. <laughs> he's up belt and he strangles Ashton. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, so <laughs> dark blade is looking around for a tie and, um, the secretary says just to be, just to be sure, Mr. Green, um, yourself and Mr. Mock are the only people are the only people present for the call. Um, yeah, let me, let me double check. Dark blade. What's your last name? Mock. The K is silent. Oh, um, it's a ma. No, it starts with K. The, the C case. (laughs) Oh, that's very confusing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, he's here then. Hi. Hello. I'll, I'll put Mr. Uh, Pushanchi through right now. And, uh, all right, so it clicks over, and it's uh, Mirzad Pushanchi, who again is played by a Jackie Her- Earl Haley like char- character actor, and um, he has kind of a goatee, much as Jackie Earl Haley often does. He has a shaved head. Um, you could see that he's wearing probably a a black suit with a red tie. Uh, if when he gestures, he has kind of more rings on his fingers than a than the average man has. Um, uh, he's, he's nearing Fieri-esque levels of rings. Um, and he, I think is like, ah, Mr. Green and Mr. Mock, so wonderful to, uh, so wonderful to be able to speak to you. I have to apologize for my recent absence and my inability to attend our previous meeting. Um, yeah, and Ashton just kind of looks at Darkblade like, uh, no, no problem. I, we're pretty busy, too. Yeah, Your absence was noted, but apology <laughs> appreciated. Yes. Well, before we go forward, I have to make sure that the conversation we have here is in the strictest of confidence. Of course, uh, as a Lore Corporation employee, Mr. Green, I... I I know that we can rely on you for that, but uh, Mr. Mock, in your position as someone contracted by uh, your team lead, uh, I'd have to make sure that everything said here was also in the strictest confidence, not only to the to those outside of the company, but even those uh, not present on the call. Well, is this... Um... Now, is this two-way encrypted? Um, because we're right now on a on Mr. Green's Wi-Fi, and normally my 
my top uh, security protocol would be to uh, go to the local library, um, borrow somebody's phone, use turn use the hotspot on that, and then um, begin the uh, the uh, the 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 torrent peer to peer digital um, blockchain transmission. <laughs> so interesting to me that you think that those are the kind of tools that are really worth your time to endeavor with when you have at your disposal so many more things, Mr. Mock. Um, but I can assure you that at least in regard to lore course, the lore corporations, I think that within the company, the term lore corp is not regularly used. Um, I think he'll say like the lore corporation um, is Mirzad Pushanchi basically says the lore corporation's technology, given that you're using Mr. Green's uh, company phone is, is well protected, Mr. Mock. Okay. Um, yeah. Don't know what you mean about other tools at my disposal, um, sir. Simply, but, your uh, natural, simply your natural talents more so than um, some of the, uh, well, the toys that you could use, but is, people does call that... them toys, perhaps. But I think they're figurines and collectibles, <laughs> and they hold their value. They're investments, sir. Wonderful. But um, you you very clearly see that he is trying to get you to um, basically say, "Hey, this needs to stay between the three of us." This conversation. Um, and that extends to the other people on your team, meaning uh, Chase Welker and Sundry Charms. Oh, so this so, is strictly confidential for, this is burn after reading, if I understand. And he correctly. says, yes, if that, if that helps you to think of it that way, absolutely. Okay. No, well, there's a hardy I mean, voice I'm where uh, there's something similar like this. They burned after reading the, um, and they didn't talk about it again but I understand now. Well, I, I'm just a, the junior regional project manager. I don't know. I think Mr. Wilker um, is above me. I, if he, should I, I don't want to break the, the chain of command or anything. I'm going to like says, elbow you. Be like, <laughs> and he'll say, <laughs> he'll say, voice, man. He'll, yeah. The hardy voice now. <laughs> He'll say something like, "Like this is something that concerns yourself and Mister Mister Mock, and uh, I think that you would you would prefer if it was kept as much uh, as much between the three of us as possible, rather than allowing others allowing others to know it and possibly confuse the situation." Oh, and then maybe he has like a flashback of this uh, makeout session, and he's like, "Oh, okay, I guess so." Maybe he doesn't have to know everything. Excellent. Well, again. All right. The first thing I have to say is that the first thing I want to tell you about is that the company is impressed with your team's performance. And I think Mr. Welker, I'm sure, has already told you that. But I want to say that the two of you are being... Well, the two of you seem to... Uh, be kind of exemplary in some capacities, and we appreciate 
it's appreciated here. And he, you see he's kind of fumbling around with some of the corporate speech and he kind of drops some of the pretense and says, the two of you seem to, to show some talents that we want to groom. And while Mr. Welker may not be the best person to groom those uh, directly, we want to make sure that your work for the company is fostering the growth of those talents. In what way were you thinking? Hmm. He says, well, he says apprehensively. <laughs> well, the first thing that we'll need to do, of course, is to undergo a few, a few tests to make sure that our, uh, well, to make sure that the, hmm, we'll have to, the first thing that we'll have to do is run through some tests or exercises to make sure that the talent that we we see in the two of you is not misplaced and that uh, it's really something that we can uh, help to help you to mold. I was coming down to help uh, administer these exact tests and exercises, but unfortunately there were some issues there in Palmetto City that required me to leave rather uh, shortly after my arrival. So once you're able to solve the problems that are once you're able to solve the case that your team is looking into now, we can set up a time shortly afterwards to conduct these tests. These, yes, let's 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 think of them as tests. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Um, look, I. Um, I'm a little confused about what it is exactly you want us to do, but I'm yeah, do you have any to... uh, materials we should be studying? No, I would simply suggest that those natural talents that the two of you each seem to exhibit, uh, separate talents as they are, different as they are, that you perhaps encourage yourself to look into those more, that those urges, those natural feelings, those uh, those talents that might otherwise be overlooked, that you don't set them aside and instead uh, really dig deep to see where they can lead you, particularly on this investigation that your team is engaged in, because as I said, after it's solved, I'll be able to return to Palmetto City and conduct these uh, tests. And you can tell as he's saying the word test, it's not the correct word. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, I'm going to be all I can be. Oh, we'll, uh, excellent. We'll be ourselves. I, I don't know that... Um, is there anything in particular you're concerned about? Is there anything you know about this, um, this, this witch that we're that we're on the trail of? Because, um, I mean, are you aware of our assignments? And hmm. you think that you're, uh, you think that you're investigating something related to a witch? Um, so far, it's seems to lead us to believe that there's a we're looking for a witch or um, some practitioner of dark arts it's 
or a phantom as far as we can tell. But um, mm. it's certainly dangerous and it certainly uh, put us in deep mortal peril. Or whatever it might be, uh, it certainly is. I do believe you when you say that it's dangerous. And uh, not only for the company, but for your own uh, future growth. I do think that you need to make sure that it's uh, captured and put into the hands of the of the Lore Corporation. Um, as I said, I arrived at uh, in Palmetto City, but began to suffer immensely from something that was warping the natural flow of things. There is something in the city that, as Mr. Mock has put it, is some kind of dark presence. I could certainly... And he kind of like opens up a little bit more. He, and he'll tell you like, I was certainly aware of its presence and it was what was causing uh, some of the problems that required my re uh, required my leaving the city when I did. If your team can, uh, if your team can acquire whatever is doing this particularly safely, well then not only will you show likely some of your own talents and abilities, as well as your team's um, capabilities. But, and he seems much more interested in this, but then I'll be able to come down and administer this test to really judge the true potential that the two of you have. Or okay. that each of you has. So this mission's a test then, and uh, we'll get another test if we pass this test. Um, if there's anything... Sir, if it's no trouble to you, I, if there's anything in particular that you noticed while you're here, please let us know because um, we've we've worked on a few cases now, but this one is real. This one appears to be more dangerous than any we've ever encountered. Well, as I said, there was something that seemed to be blocking the natural flow of things. I came down to initially administer this test, but. Uh, was prevented from doing so. Now, I would expect that there might be uh, one thing warping that flow in the area, but that I would be able to handle and have been able to in the past. This was something different and something that seemed to change the flow of a lot of the energies uh, in the area. So, this is this case that you have is part of your regular job, and in fact, just doing it with expediency will simply allow me to come down there and more easily uh, conduct this assessment of your individual abilities. Okay. Um, well, I suppose we'll speak with you when all of this is uh, done and over with. Oh, that sounds, that sounds excellent. Again, really try to... Uh, Mr. Mr. Green, you've shown a knack for your ability to find things, and uh, Mr. Mock, you've shown a knack for your ability to kind of decipher what otherwise would be somewhat indecipherable, and both of these abilities seem to be uh, exceptional. But what we want to discover is if they really are something... Um, that something that what we want to discover is if there's something that deserves um, further direct fostering or if they're um, 
if they're just another skill set that can be utilized uh, to benefit a team as you're using them now. So, um, yes, once this is solved, I'll likely be made. A- I'll likely be made aware of it. So, specifically, contacting me won't be necessary. And in fact, I'll contact you to schedule this soon afterwards. Hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you for your confidence in us, and um, it is uh, not misplaced. So, do you know of anything that could be causing this uh, warping of the natural flow, like you said? As I said, it was something I felt uh, significantly, and not what I expected to feel, and not what I knew I could deal with going into the area. Um, but instead, something else that is significant, mm-hmm. I'm sure, related to what you're looking into. So he says that, but if you want to look into his answers further... You could try to uh, either read him or read a bad situation, perhaps. Sure, I can do that real fast. Um, I guess I'll try to read a bad situation. So an eight plus whatever my sharp is, which is one. So nine. All right. Well, Darkblade, you could maybe help him out. I already rolled. I got an eight as well. Okay. Well, an eight would push him over if you if it was a cool. It's cool. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So that pushes to a 10. Nice. Team, go ahead. Ashton, you're doing this as a read a bad situation, right? Yeah. I think what I was really asking is uh, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? I guess that's how I was was angling toward. Okay. Are there dangers you haven't noticed? Um, He gets into explaining that, like, you know, I felt that there was this. um, He can tell you, and his tone kind of goes into a slightly different thing. You see that with this conversation, there was a veneer of kind of professionalism and corporate speak that he had. And as you get into more of the specifics, um, he starts to sound a lot different. He starts to talk about a lot of stuff that seems um, like much more what Ashton has experienced Darkblade kind of talking about with stuff that sounds very far-fetched. Um, but as opposed to like conspiracy theory kind of stuff, this guy sounds like um, more of a like much more new age about things where he's kind of talking about uh, like energy and the flow of life. And you can kind of feel that there's some uh, maybe Darkblade can sense this aspect of it or pull the, some of this aspect that there's some like uh, new agey kind of like almost uh Tai Chi-esque kind of aspects to this philosophy that he's kind of like throwing out and around, or at least there are elements of that that are kind of coming out as he's talking about um, that there had been something there that he was expecting and that he was able to handle, but that this something, which he wasn't able to deal with and caused him to have to leave, seemed to change the flow of like life's energy around the area and it seemed to bring it into itself almost like a vortex and that it uh, magnified too many carnal and predatory elements of nature and that those things could too easily run wild and so he felt he had to withdraw from that and um, yeah so that's what he is saying like that kind of scared him. Do you think that that answers your question or no? Uh, I think so. Okay. So it's just almost like a something that's 
like an animalistic kind of energy that's just affecting the whole area, kind of? So, he, like I said, he said um, he can explain that there there should only be one thing warp, uh, warping this feeling of, like, the flow of things in the area, and he should be able to deal with that. But this was something different, something that seemed to change the flow of life's energy and bring it into itself, almost like a vortex, that it magnified too many carnal elements so its own predatory nature could better run wild. So it's, uh, he was expecting something bad, but this is something way worse than he was thinking. Yeah, this is not the thing that he was expecting, and it was something that he could not quite handle. Mm-hmm. And he didn't say something bad. He said something that's like warping that energy and that flow of things. Just in like some kind of animalistic, violent way. So it sounds like you got another question for this guy. Um, okay. Um, I guess, hmm. what's the biggest threat, I guess? Is that what you mean? Sure. I mean, I feel like he's kind of, he's, I think he's just going to give you an answer. You're, you're going to be annoyed that I already gave you for that. Uh, were you, were you thinking I was aiming toward another question? No, I wasn't sure what you were getting at. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I, um, I didn't, it seemed like you wanted the answer to another thing in there. Oh, gotcha. Uh, do you have a question, Alex, since you helped me? Since um, um, Darkblade's more, I guess, concerned with uh, just solving this mystery, so I, I don't have any questions on top of what you already asked. All right. Hmm. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Like, none of the other ones really totally make sense, except for, I guess, what's the biggest threat? It's kind of just the repeat, you said? Yeah. yeah. Sounds, I mean, that's kind of, that's Darkblade's interest, too. Okay, so yeah, so he can tell you that. that oh, that, I guess, what what's my best way in, maybe? What's your best way into it? Um, Here. Uh, I think this guy... This guy will will tell you like like you have the ability like if your abilities are really uh if your abilities are really worth kind of uh, fostering then you should be able to you should be able to find find your way towards you should be able to find your way towards this um, whatever it is is something that seems to to pull life into itself and magnify those uh, those carnal and bestial. Um, instincts and impulses and my wager of that would be that it's something that itself is carnal and bestial and wants to more run wild in that that uh it seeks to it it seeks to turn it seeks to make to make a jungle perhaps seeks to make a jungle of civilization in order to uh uh best in order that it's orgies of violence and uh, consumption might better fit. So yeah, it should draw us into it without us worrying about it, I guess. I certainly felt it pulling towards towards myself and uh, given that I had other other affairs and we already have a team on the and 
given that I had other affairs and that we already had a team on the ground, it seemed to make more sense to me to allow allow your team to handle this. All right, and then uh, I guess for the final question, uh, does he know what's the best way to protect the victims, I guess? Um, I'll tell you something about him. He doesn't care. How do you find out that he doesn't care about that? Because that, that could be a good out, unless you guys have other stuff to talk with Mirzad Pushanchi about. Um, yeah, maybe I'll look at Darkblade and just um, say, um, oh, wow, we... It sounds pretty bad. We we should really get to the bottom of this. There could be more people hurt. Yeah. Right, Mister Pushanchi. And he'll and maybe he's like Meh. Yeah, he'll just say again. Your goal is to to acquire this target, but your goal is to acquire whatever this is. And and I, and I, he kind of waves it away like I'm sure that'll solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Like he's underestimating uh, exactly what we're going up against here, man. What do you think? I mean, come on, how are we supposed to catch a ghost? Maybe Chase Welker had said, like, we need to meet up tomorrow, and maybe you gave yourself Saturday to go and talk to Julia and deal with, like, a lot of that stuff. And so you kind of said, like, okay, we'll we'll do such and such, like, later in the day. Yeah, sure. I feel like Welker's, like, personal top priority would be, like, what happened to the museum job? Like, what What did you guys do there? Did we finish the mission? Like, what was the mission? Because those are all still total unknowns to him. But, like, I think it's totally fine if, like, the team isn't available to do that until, like, later in the day. So that gives him time to deal with Julia. It gives you time to have your call. Okay. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of, like, make sure that there's, like, a logic behind the rest of the, the night at the gala, let's do a, like, quick... We maybe see that text has come in from uh, Mr. Welker to everybody. Everybody had that time to think about it. And after the conversation with Mirzad Pushanchi, we see everyone kind of looking at that and remembering back to like the end of the night for themselves. And the way I'm thinking that that gala event kind of ended was everybody essentially kind of had to leave at some point that the gala event itself continued going but, you know, Mr. Welker, after kissing Reagan, like, had to kind of try to console his wife and then had to, like, leave afterwards and figure some stuff out, like, outside trying to call her a bunch or trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, maybe Ashton, you know, was was super pissed off and was like, I'm done with this, like, that kind of deal. Um, but basically, the stuff you guys found out in the last session, there's no additional info found out at the moment. Um, but what do we think, like, we maybe have, like, a shot of each of you exiting that gala from the previous evening. What would that be? I think Ashton would just be really, uh, depressed and tired leaving. Just like a sad sack. Okay. So he, uh, sad Charlie Browns it out of the museum. He actually left first. Okay, so Ashton's maybe the first one to leave to be like bothered or upset by that. And he, uh, we see him like storm out or just sulk out of the museum. I mean, that's literally, I think, what happened, right? Um, you saw that you were like, the first person to leave. Yeah, I kind of remember that. Yeah. 
about uh sundry or dark blade maybe sundry and dark blade are like Hey, you want to go get he's, a uh, for this? He's waiting for his own in her caravan. Party ended a little pretty soon. How would you guys justify that my last thing I said to you when I left was finish the mission? So yeah, so well, actually, let's have that. So we see Chase Walker after Julia like like screams. He says, "You know, finish the mission to Sundry and Darkblade." And then uh, Chase Welker leaves maybe to chase after Julia. Mm-hmm. And how do you think that that goes? Do you think she's just kind of like, like, uh, like, uh, like yelling at you, or like, like I don't even want to see you right now. I don't she's even want to talk. A, she wouldn't be making a scene about it. But there's a reason he's sleeping in the motel. She'd be like, "Get your own car." In fact, I don't want to see you tonight. And then she just goes. And so okay. that was the, that was it. And he figured it'd be like too much of a scene for him to come back to the museum because like he'd want to finish the mission, but like there's no way he could walk back in there and not just be like, "Oh, it's that guy." Okay. I'll say that one of the things that uh, Sundry and Darkblade do see after this, uh, after Mister Welker kind of leaves, is that they do see um, Reagan hanging out with, like she does not leave. She kind of stumbles around uh, the main the main exhibit and kind of continues to look at these different items, and then is in this like long conversation with, um, like a this long conversation with that uh, man with dark hair and kind of the older suit, the one wearing gloves, who introduced himself to Ashton as Nicholas Ruskin, and you see like her talking to him at length, um, and then again, how do we see Sundry and Darkblade? get the hell out of here. And again, I think you guys leave prematurely. This event is not over. On Greek Orthodox crosses, are they often crucifixes or only or not? They can be. Let's say this one is. Okay, so one of the ones that you see that's turned itself upside down is uh, kind of like a big, uh, fairly frightening crucifix that's like the Greek Orthodox cross that has Jesus on it. And it's like I said, you saw it at some point turn itself upside down. And it is the, as I've already discussed from my own childhood, the scary, scary, uh, tortured Jesus. That is like the Mel Gibson Jesus. Yeah, uh, Mel Gibson, Jim uh, Jim Cavizas, is uh, upside down, and um, you see that he's like he's got the wound in his side, and he's crying blood from the crown of thorns. And as you're staring at that, you can kind of like hear like the noise of the crowd getting louder, and like the gasps from when. Reagan kissed Mr. Welker. Like you can hear, make some of that get louder. And as you're looking at these crosses that you'd already seen and already had kind of freaked you out a bit, um, there's just like a drop of blood that comes out of like Jesus's side. And instead of going down, it goes up and like hits a, like a stain of blood on the ceiling. And maybe Sundry's like, okay, fuck, we got to get out of here. Dark blade. Yeah, it sounds good. It would be funny if um, Darkblade was talking to someone and there's, like I said, there's a lot of other people there, including um, the woman who's the head of the museum. And maybe he's talking, he's talking to her. And again, she would be played by Megan Malawi um, from Will and Grace slash Parks and Rec. Um, and she's kind of maybe talking to you and the, uh, the two of you are standing near the bar and kind of getting a drink. And 
um, while you're talking, like kind of like there's something at this bar that freaks you out a little. What what might like what might be a spooky thing that you encounter at this at this bar that like upsets you? You can't taste anything, and like you lose your sensation of feeling okay. too. Yeah, you almost feel like you're like stoned or like high, where you like feel almost like kind of out of yourself, where you're trying to touch stuff, and you're like, uh, this is a little bit weird. And you go to take a sip of a drink, and you're having a hard time with it. And the only thing you could taste for a second is kind of this uh, like metallic y flavor on this beverage. And you're like, this isn't what a rum and coke should taste like at all. And then Sundry is kind of pulling at your arm, like, buddy, we got to get out of here. Walker, when he calls everyone together, he's going to be, like, in a mood. And he's going to be like, listen, I don't know why you guys didn't stay and finish the mission like I told you. I, clearly, I had to leave. But now that we're back together, we're going back to that museum. We're going to get in there by any means necessary, and we're going to finish the mission. And this then, guy knows about getting in there, that's for sure. Yeah, we're going to get in there deep. We're going to get in there repeatedly. Um, yeah, he is. He has so many kids. <laughs> So, like, that would be, like, his sort of, like, uh, this is what I want. And then if, like, for instance, if Ashton was, like, I'm so ill I couldn't possibly do that, then, like, we could, like, change plans or if one of them, like, objects or whatever. But Well, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, David. I don't think you'd – I think that Ashton would nonetheless try to push through even though he feels shitty. Oh, not to mention Ashton might just wish I was dead. I don't know. There might also be that. I think it's more – I think it's more his awkwardness with uh, Mr. Wilker. So he might. Are you calling or texting or what were you doing? I would suggest that like we just agree to just be in the same place. Like, and my suggestion would be like, now let's go to the museum. This American Monster is a production of This American Dice. This American Monster uses the Monster of the Week system, a game published by Evil Hat Productions and by Michael Sands. Sundry Charms is Lee. Chase Welker is Carl. Darkblade69 is Alex. Ashton Green is David. And your Game Master is Austin Smith. Our theme song is by Patrick Ross. It's called Sinlude. Additional music for this episode includes Tend to It by Osiris Saline. Well, that's about the time old Dusty Trails showed up to solve another crime. <laughs> the crime of whose pistachios were these? Now, Dusty was a man of simple taste and of simple fashion. He didn't dress like the nuts he wanted. He dressed like the nuts he had. So as a heads up for you, Carl, the next scene that I have in mind is... Um, Balls deep in some nubile young girl. I know. Or, or, <laughs> or Ashton's mom. There you go. And, and Ashton's mom. Yeah, you're having, you're having a three-way. You're having a three-way with... Uh, Ashton's mom and Darkblade's mom. No, Ashton's mom and Ashton's girlfriend. 
<laughs> yeah, or Ashton's mom and Ashton's stepdad, actually. And, um, well, he's making out with a girlfriend last last game, so let's keep it consistent. Oh no, he's got to keep moving. You don't want <laughs> he's not treading. <laughs> Mr. Wilkins is not treading water, man. He's got to keep moving. He's like a shark. If he stops, he dies. 